I'm much more excited about a, a company or a brand where we're selling something for 150, 300 or $500. I mean, look at Peloton, geez, that's the ideal business model. I'm Jim Huffman, and this is If I Was Starting Today, a collection of conversations about half-baked startup ideas, growth tactics, and stories from founders, including my own journey as a business owner. All of the content is centered around one question. What would you do if you were starting today? All right, today we're going to pick up on the $3 million challenge. We talked about this in a previous episode where our growth marketing agency, Growth Hit, we're attempting to stand up three different companies, an agency, a direct-to-consumer brand, and potentially a SaaS company and try and get each of them to a million dollars. So today I'm doing an update on the D2C brand. I want to talk about the problem we're going to solve and the product we're trying to manufacture. So let's get into the details. So yes, we're going to announce the problem we're solving with this D2C brand. Now we've interviewed 200 people. We've hired a manufacturer. We have a website that's in development and we've been crafting a brand strategy, but we're not going to hit on that today. I want to talk about the process we use to decide the problem we're going to solve. Now, This has not been proven, so I'll talk about this. I have no idea if this is going to work, but here's how we're approaching this. So first, we're calling out a problem that we actually have because we like this idea of if it solves our problem, hopefully there are other people out there like us or maybe it's a market of one. The second thing, ask people if they also have this problem. This is where we want to see if we're onto something that could potentially scale. The third thing can we even pull this off? So while it might be a worthwhile problem, do we as our own little startup studio, do we have the ability to make this happen? And then finally, does this align with our direct consumer checklist of a great company? One advantage that we have, and there's probably not that many, is that we have worked with over a hundred different startups, a lot of them in the D2C space. We've seen ones that have worked and ones that have not. So we have a checklist on what we think makes an ideal company. So here's how we got to our idea. So first, identifying the problem. When developing any new business idea, we like to start with two questions. What problem are we really solving as one? And two, will people even pay for this solution? Like, will they actually give us money to make this happen? Simply put, are we creating an Advil or a vitamin? Is this a must-have or a nice-to-have? Now, this problem stems from my own issue. I'm a guy with longish hair, and all my hair products leave my hair feeling greasy, and they don't last. I end up stealing my wife's products. So far, we're a market of one, me. Do other people have this problem? Let's see. So we decided to actually talk to 200 people to see if this is a real problem that they have. So we actually interviewed 200 people um, to see two things. First, do they even have this problem? And second, would they switch to a product that would give the solution we're proposing? Now, how do you talk to 200 people? Do I just stand outside with outside with the sign? Maybe that would have been a good use of time. We leverage a, a polling tool called Pollfish to go out and talk to these people with an online poll. So we, we had some specific criteria. We wanted them to be males. We wanted them to have somewhat high disposable income over $65,000 per year. Um, so we could kind of qualify a little bit. We, we toggled a little bit with college education and uh, we ended up settling on having a, a college degree. And 
Here's the response. So the first question is, is this one. It's very simple. Does your hair get oily and greasy during the day? And is it a problem? And 64% of responders said, hey, this is a problem. And one disclaimer, this poll actually included, included guys that had bald heads. So I would say these numbers are actually potentially conservative. The next question we asked, do people care enough to even leave their product for this solution? So we asked them this specific question. Would you switch to a hair styling product that kept your hair dry all day long? And this is where it gets interesting. 43% said, yes, where do I sign up? And then 47% said, maybe if I like it. And then 9% said, no, thank you. And they passed. So here's our summary on it. We're seeing that 43% of people would switch to this product. 47% said they're interested. So essentially, there's 90% of our small little sample size that is interested enough to try it. And almost just as important, they're not loyal to their existing products and that they'd potentially switch. So what's our, our takeaway from this? For me, this isn't a no. I think this is worth continuing to pursue a little bit further. So, so game on. Now, the third thing, we're like, okay, first, we have this one problem. Second, we talk to 200 people. The third thing, we're like, oh, crap, we're just a growth marketing agency. Can we even pull this off? So full disclosure, I have zero manufacturing experience, and I am very, very new to this. My uh, manufacturing research starts with uh, my, my Google search bar. And so after many searches and some cry for helps on different direct consumer Facebook groups and Slack channels, we found five manufacturers. We were underwhelmed by three of them, but we found one that we really liked who understands the D2C model and they specialize in these types of products. So we started having conversations with them and we didn't be like, hey, we have an idea. We actually started with the problem and we were very open to how we solve it. We want it to be painfully easy to use, but also have this magic moment of being effective. So we essentially settled on the idea of this dry shampoo equivalent for men, not women, but in a pomade form. They're like, I don't know if we can pull it off, but they're up for the challenge. So here's a real question. How much is this going to cost us? So after doing some negotiations, we were able to get the research and development fee to around $3,500. But the contingency on that is if we were to purchase it, obviously we have to, we, we have to go with them. And they have some minimum orders that I believe starts around $10,000. Now, I'm not saying this is cheap. $13,500 is, is not chump change. That's also very doable. And we've budgeted about $50,000 to do this experiment. Um, so, so far we're under the spend cap and I need to leave some budget for the website development, for ad spend and some other growth hacky things I want to test that I'm excited to talk more about. Okay. Now the fourth thing, you know, we've, we've come up with the idea, we've talked to 200 people, three, we found a manufacturer to pull this off. The fourth, does this match our D2C checklist? Let's put our growth marketers hats on and we've seen companies do well and not do well. Do we even like this business model of men's grooming? Is it worth pursuing? Is this the business we want to get into and invest you know, the next six months of our time? So again, after working with startups, we've seen industries we really like and ones we would not touch with a 10-foot pole. And we actually wrote a blog post about this. I can put it in the show notes. It's a 22-step process for growing a D2C brand. And to summarize... Here's the holy grail of a D2C business. I mean, if you're starting a D2C business today, here are the things that I would want. So first, 
high average order value, meaning with every purchase, you're looking at triple digits. Second, high repeat purchase. That way, when you acquire a customer, you make money from them again and again. Third is low return rate. Uh, returns can be really crippling for brands and for their growth and for their cash flow. Fourth, we don't want colorways. Fifth, we don't want lots of sizes because that also um, really hurts your inventory buys. You have to get really sophisticated that with that and sizing also impacts return rate. The next thing, we want it to be focused on a specific niche. We want to go after a very specific consumer where we can add a um, value to a problem they have. Uh, we want high search intent. We want people to be proactively looking for this product. Um, and then bonus points um, for two things. If you can create a subscription model, kind of like Billy's Razors or Dollar Shave Club, or finally, we'd love to be able to create our own category that we could own. One of my favorite examples of this is shapewear. This is what Spanx created. It was a new category that they essentially owned. You have athleisure as a category that essentially Lululemon helped own. All right, so that's our checklist of the ideal you know, business model we would want. So here are the pros and cons of this idea that we have. So let's start with the pros. So men's grooming is great because the return rate is going to be super low. There's no sizes. There's no colorways. And when's the last time you returned a stick of deodorant or something? There should be high repeat customers if they use it because you're going to have to replenish every quarter, every month. And we are going after a specific persona. Uh, plus, there is potential for a subscription model and making our own category. And I'm excited to talk about that in a future episode. I've been nerding out on the book, The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing and Category Creation is Chapter 2. And there's a lot of good stuff in there. Okay, so what are the pros of our ideal business model? So first, here's one thing I do not like. The average order value is not high. Uh, the sales per product, product for this is going to be under 50 bucks. I'm much more excited about a, a company or a brand where we're selling something for $150, $300, $500. $300. I mean, look at Peloton. Geez, that's the ideal business model. Um, unless we, we could potentially bundle, but still that number is not going to be high. Um, we also are not seeing high search intent based on any keyword analysis we've done, which one thing that could be concerning about that is like, hey, is there a real problem out there that we're solving? Okay. So the, the fifth part of research that we did was, hey, does this thing even exist? Have you guys ever done that before? You think you have the world's best idea and then you start to go down the rabbit hole. You're like, well, crap, somebody already made this and they did it significantly better than I would have done. But just so you know, competition isn't necessarily a deal killer. We did an episode on Paul Graham's blog post around startup ideas, and he actually loves competition because it proves that you're going after a worthwhile market. And also having no competition isn't necessarily a great thing because like I said, maybe it means there's not demand for it. We are looking to create a category. So when we did some researches for this, it was a little difficult because we typed in things like dry pomade, dry gel, dry shampoo for men. And the results were underwhelming and very fragmented. So this is potentially good because it could be white space and something for us to own. But it's also bad in that is this something that is a true problem. Okay. And then finally, what's the verdict? Because we're trying to be very decisive here on deciding to pursue pursue something or not. So in my opinion, we're approved to move forward to validate this idea and see if we have something. So what are we doing next? We want to figure out what is the quickest way possible 
to validate this idea as a business. So how do we do that in the least amount of time possible while spending the least amount of money? So we're going to go into detail on our validation process and how we're going to do that. And then following that, we're going to talk about how do you build the MVP, the minimum viable product, but for a brand, because we want to do a true test and have a true brand with it. But I'm not about to spend $50,000 on uh, an amazing branding agency like Red Antler to build this out. I think we can do it in a, in a much scrappier way. So stay tuned, excited to do the next few episodes to give an update on our D to C business model that we're testing. Talk soon. Today's episode is brought to you by no one. Yep. We have zero sponsors. I haven't reached out to any companies, nor would I expect a reputable brand to give me money. But I'll give a few plugs. First, I send a weekly newsletter each Thursday featuring five articles or tools that have helped me. You can sign up for these weekly updates at jimwhuffman.com. Second, for anyone running a startup, if you need help growing your business, check out GrowthHit. GrowthHit serves as your external growth team. After working with over 100 startups and generating a quarter billion in sales for clients, GrowthIt has perfected a growth process that's hell-bent on driving ROI through rapid experiments. Plus, you'll get to work with yours truly. So if you want to work with a team that's worked with startups that have been funded by Andreessen Horowitz or featured on Shark Tank, then check out GrowthIt.com. And finally, I wrote a book called The Growth Marketer's Playbook that takes everything I've learned as a growth mentor for venture-backed startups, and I've distilled it down to 140 pages. So instead of hiring a growth team, save yourself some money, get the book, and you can just do it yourself. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'd love to hear feedback. I'm on Twitter at Jim W. Huffman. (laughs) 